This is from a letter to the Ephesians. Be imitators of God and beloved children. From the Gospel of John, Jesus said, I have set you an example that you also should do as I have done to you. I have given you an example, just as I have done, you also must do. From the Gospel of Luke, Jesus said, A disciple is not above the teacher, but every disciple who is fully qualified will be like the teacher. From the first letter of John, the one who claims to remain in him ought to live in the same way as he lived. Whoever says, I abide in him, ought to walk in the same way as he walked. worship series this Sunday and it's based on that first that first reading to the Ephesians that Gary shared with us be imitators of God and we're calling it copying Christ <clears throat> copying Christ I think that's a big ask you know for God to ask us to copy God and yet it is all over scripture it's all over scripture we heard four different mentions of it but this life of discipleship that we have been called to is a life of copying Christ. That God gives us the grace to copy Christ. And when we receive that grace and do that, our lives are transformed and the world is transformed through us. Now a disciple was a student, a learner, a follower, a trainee, and we disciples, similarly, we are learners, we are trainees, we're less academic and more practicum students, we're less, you know, uh, desk students and more apprenticeship students. Because we know that saying God is love is completely different from living God is love. And so we learn from Jesus. We learn by listening. We learn the, the words. We hear the words of scriptures. We, we hear the words of prayers. We hear the sermon. We hear songs. But mostly we learn by watching Christ, by, by copying Christ. And copying Christ, copying God is not new. In the Old Testament, the people of God were expected to copy this God they followed. And many of the times when God got angry, it's because they were failing to do that. And that is completely different from the other religions in the ancient world. If you've ever read any Greek myths, you know, the Greek gods had no expectation that people would be like them. In fact, people were punished for trying to be like them. And I don't think there was any expectation for people to understand the gods because they did weird stuff. Maybe it made sense back then, but it sure doesn't make sense now. But the God of Israel was saying, be like me, love like I love. 
accept people like I accept people. Build just a, a world like, like the one that I am building. In the Gospels, Jesus says, do as I do. I've set you an example, do as I do. And then in the early church, Christians were called to this life of copying Christ. So that early church in Ephesus, Paul was writing to that early church, which we call the Ephesians, saying, be imitators of Christ, being, be imitators of God. And Christians have continued this throughout the centuries. In the 500, St. Augustine, who is considered one of the greatest theologians in Christian history, he said the purpose of Christian life is to imitate Christ. And he was so influential that a movement was started. He started a movement that we call the Augustinians, a religious order. Martin Luther was an Augustinian monk. And then in the 1200s, St. Francis of Assisi said this following Christ is something that we do spiritually and physically. And although he was a wealthy, land-owning noble, he got rid of all of his rich clothing, gave up his title, and lived homeless in poverty, preaching, modeling his life after Christ. And at communion, we're going to sing a song um, that is a, of a prayer that is attributed to him. And he also started a movement in the church, the movement we call the Franciscans. Perhaps you've seen some people that that belong to the Franciscan order, they wear a brown, like, robe with a rope. Um, in the Robin Hood movies, you know, Friar Tuck, friars are Franciscan monks. And Francis reformed the church. And then in the 1400s, St. Thomas Kempis wrote The Imitation of Christ and said that this imitation we do is spiritual and physical, but it is also taking on the interior life of Christ, which means taking on Christ's feelings, his attitudes, his disposition. And then John Wesley in England in the 1700s said that the pursuit of imitation of Christ is the end goal of this Christian life and gave it a special title, Christian Perfection. And that is that end goal of copying Christ, that after a lifetime of imitating Christ, by grace, our lives will be transformed into images of Christ. And he started a movement, which we call the Methodists, and we are part of. Martin Luther King in the 1960s in this country working for civil rights, working for fair treatment for people who still were shackled by the effects of slavery. He took on the strategy of Christ. He said, we must meet hatred with love. We must meet spiritual, physical force with spiritual force. And his leadership transformed our country. It transformed our country without war. Political scientists have said 
that, that the conflict coming up in the 1960s in most circumstances would have led to war. But we did not experience war. And then there is Dorothy Day, who captured my attention years ago, captured my heart. She took on that attitude of Francis that our whole lives are to be transformed by Christ. And so in New York City in 1933, where a third of the population was homeless, it was the height of the Great Depression, she opened her doors to welcome in the homeless. And her front room became a soup kitchen. She took on that voluntary poverty, looking for the image of Christ in every person she met. And she also started a movement called the Catholic Worker. And there is a Catholic Worker house here in Boise called Corpus Christi House, which welcomes homeless folks. Now Jesus had gotten a hold of each of those people. Jesus has gotten a hold of me. And in my 20s, you know, my faith was just on fire. I was just, I was just on fire with copying Christ and it filled me with purpose and with meaning. And I thought, you know, I get to live a life copying God. I mean, does it get any better than that? Now at first, it felt foreign, it felt weird, because it was pretty clear to me the discrepancy between me and Christ. But there were moments of grace. There were moments when I felt a compassion not my own fill me. When I felt a trust and a faith in God bigger than anything I'm capable of fill me. But the truth is, most of the time, I felt pretty inadequate. I felt pretty aware of the distance between me and Christ. My faith was passionate, but sketchy. Now, I thought I'd get better. I thought I'd get better at discipleship. That as the years went on and I, you know, learned more about Jesus, that I would become more compassionate, um, more justice-minded, more faithful. I think the truth is that I thought it would get easy. I thought God's grace would make discipleship easy. In my mind, I went straight from Jesus preaching the Sermon on the Mount and the Beatitudes straight to the Ascension. And I skipped the cross. The grace of God gives us capacity to imitate Christ. And then we run into the very same problems that Jesus did. And we find ourselves misunderstood. People think that we are slow or naive. And because we are very effective at God's work of transforming the world, we meet resistance, like Martin Luther King met. And we may even meet physical force. And I found out that the grace of God is greater 
than the cross. Copying Christ takes us to our very core purpose. I mean, it takes us to what are we really about? Why, why are we here? Why is CUNA United Methodist Church here? It is a good question for you. Why are you here? What is your why? Probably, like most people, there are a lot of whys. And one of them is community. It is coming together with these people who challenge you, who are your spiritual companions, who are your life companions. It is the worship experience, God knows I love it, <laughs> where we share the prayers and we gather together and we sing together and we share communion together. And that in that we experience God, God reaches out and touches us through scripture or through each other or through communion or through the music or maybe even through the sermon. That we learn, we come to learn more about Jesus, get to know even more every day this Christ we follow. Maybe it is that sense of belonging to the communion of saints. That community of people throughout time, those faithful folks, for centuries, saying the same words we say, doing the same actions of sharing communion that we share, binding us together in this cloud of witnesses that come before us. Sunday worship is essential in the life of a Christian because it is our vehicle to our core purpose, our core purpose of imitating God, of copying Christ. Back in the 1990s, there was that What Would Jesus Do? Anybody remember that? WWJD. I loved it. I had a cross. It said WWJD on it. And throughout the day, you know, I'd fool around with it like I do. And, and I would be reminded over and over to that challenge of copying Christ. Because even then, it was so clear to me that if I said Jesus was my Lord and Savior, it meant nothing if I was not following Christ and seeking to emulate, to copy Christ in my life. Like that song we sang last week, they know, they will know we are Christians by our love. So over these coming weeks, we're going to look at four characteristics of Jesus. Only four. There's lots. But I only chose four. Compassion, faithfulness, mission-driven, and communal. Now, I have to tell you from my own perspective, there is a danger, I think, in preaching about copying Christ as a human being who is so far from it. Because in order to preach about it, I have to have something to say that's beyond, oh, that looks good at a distance. So I chose qualities in Christ that I deeply admire, that I see in others, 
and that I have striven for some in my life. So that I have something to say. Notice I did not include the patience of Christ. I got nothing to share with you there. I didn't include the peacemaking of Christ. I am still so infantile in my learning. I did not choose the cynicism of Christ. God knows I'm a cynic, but I don't think I'm a cynic like Jesus was a cynic. I didn't choose the snarkiness of Christ, although Jesus was clearly snarky, and I might have something to say about that. But that's not what we're doing. We're doing the compassion of Christ, the faithfulness of Christ, the mission-centeredness of Christ, and the communal living of Christ. So over these weeks, we're going to look very closely at Jesus, at the way that he lived at what he did, at where he went, at the way that he felt. And some of the stories may be familiar, and some of them may be surprising. And this Jesus we will be looking at is the incarnation of God, the one who created the universe, who breathed life into living beings, walked among us as a human being. And that same God who incarnated as Jesus created each one of us in God's image and likeness. Created us with the capacity to know God and the capacity to imitate God. And looking at that, we will look at ways that we continue copying Christ in Cuna, Idaho, in 2022. And next Sunday, we're going to start with the compassion of Christ. And we will have helpers, because this coming week, we're doing discipleship camp, and the focus is on compassion. And you know, when I went and looked at the Gospels, whenever Jesus felt compassion, right before it, it said Jesus saw. Jesus saw a person. And Jesus felt compassion. That's how the stories go. So our kids and our teens are going to be working on seeing and feeling that compassion. So we will have some teachers next week besides just ourselves. And as we grow in discipleship, God gives us the grace to copy Christ which transforms our lives and transforms the world around us. Because God is up to something here in CUNA, at CUNA United Methodist Church. And God gives us the grace to come. Would you pray with me? Lord God, you ask us to do something that seems impossible. Copy you. And yet with your grace, it is so possible. Lord, we ask for your grace, for, your to, for you to show us how we can copy you in our lives, to give us eyes to see you, ears to hear you, and then put that in our feet 
in our hands, in our eyes, in our voice, so that we get to be your presence on earth. We ask this in the name of Christ our Lord. Amen. And so we sing our